There. Welcome to Liquidity and Liquor. This is Yosef Martin with Scott D. Clary. All Yo, right. Scott, so we're do some news. We're doing uh, business news stories of the week, uh, not diving too deep into them. Uh, Roblox is killing it. So their bookings increased 17% year over year to $899.4 million. Um, the average monthly number of people buying virtual goods on Roblox reached an all-time high of $13.4 million an average spend of $22.31 per user. And then last year, <laughs> interesting, Roblox said that 58% of their Gen Z population considered being, uh, considered a career as a digital fashion designer to be just as or more impressive than a real life fashion designer. This is the real NFT that you guys needed to buy, guys. This is yes. it. And the reason I said that it's because my son and all his, and he's eight years old with all his friends, they're addicted to it. So it's not going to go anywhere. World blocks is, if, if I'm from- Is your son addicted have, to it? Listen, if we're not going to go and put limit to one hour a day, he's going to be on it all day. The way they do it is they sit on, Rob, on, on they have a Discord. Yeah. And they talk to each other. And by the way, do you know how eight-year-olds talk to each other? I have no idea. Okay, let me tell you. He calls to he calls his friend. So his, my son's name is Jericho. So his friend picks up. Yeah, Jericho, what do you want? I want to play. Wait, mom, Jericho wants to play. No, you have to do this and that. Can't. And he just hang up on my son. Hang up on him. Call someone else. Why, Jericho? I want to play. Oh, okay. And then my son was like, you know, I just had diarrhea. Anyway, that was the, that's an eight-year-old conversation straight to the point. There is no social obligation for nothing. How are you? Nothing like that. They go, they play all day. And it's, it's um, the, and, and all they're going to talk about is I have the rarity of this. I have the rarity of that. This is the real trade commodity. This is the NFT you guys should have been buying all along. And then you went and you bought... What did they buy? Uh, board apes and board apes. Yeah, good luck with that one. All right. So that was my opinion about that. All right. Next story: uh, virtual influencers. So the company behind, like, a couple points. Virtual influencers. If you don't know what they are, they're basically fake people that have huge followings. So there's uh, Lil Michaela. She's a virtual. That was the first one. Yeah, she has yes. 2.8 million followers. It's a digital image that looks just like yeah. a human being, and they made it an account that actually generates revenue from yeah. sponsorships, but it's not a real account. It's not a real human. So another one, Brud, raised $25 million at $144 million valuation. They were acquired uh, by the NFT startup Dapper Labs. Um, Amazon's Alexa fund has led a $20 million funding round for Super Plastic. And Amazon Studios, that's another another mm -hmm. digital influencer um, creator company. So Super Plastic just received $20 million. Amazon Studios and Super Plastic will produce an animated comedy series starring virtual influencers. This is different than uh, than the original influencers. It is, right? but it's Because growing, 120 million is, I wonder why are they considering it so 20 high? Million, 20 million. No, but oh. they raised 20 million on 120 yeah. something valuation. It's like, why do you think the valuation is so high? Because influencers, you know what, they'll make a million or two a year at best. And um, in some cases, unless you're using it for maybe OnlyFans and uh, you're going to make a digital image. I don't know exactly unless what else you're going to use it <laughs> so, for. I mean, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a trademark, right? And you can own it and it's, a, it's something that can be in movies and animated movies. And, and so they on. don't get involved in scandals. They don't get canceled. No, that, that right. is, uh, it's definitely the, the easiest way around, right? You can, you can control this. You can do whatever you want. And um, 
it's it's uh it's interesting it's very interesting yeah. and there's probably going to be ai influencers too and there's going to be all all of this is going to it's very interesting what what is safe from AI? everything you do in yeah. life eventually has politic and there's going to be a newer and better so if you're an influencer today that's one of your competitors yeah um very interesting maybe slightly concerning story uh, mental health data is being auctioned off. So a new study from Duke University found that data brokers, so companies that collect and sell personal information, have access to personal mental health data from apps. Why is this legal? It's because that HIPAA, the law that restricts how doctors and hospitals share Americans' health data, doesn't protect health information held elsewhere, like huh. in apps like Calm So they go or, and they collect, exactly, like yeah. Calm, they go, they collect your information, and just like anything else, they can share the data. Yeah, that's yes. scary. So 37 data brokers were contacted in this study, and 11 of them actually agreed to provide bulk data sets with prices ranging from $275. So if I don't like $275. you, if I don't like you tomorrow, I, yeah. I go on, on calm.com. I say that my email, I give them your email. I yeah. say, my name is Scott DeClary. I have some serious mental issue. I want to I kill people and so on. And I'm selling that data. And then you're going to get bombarded. And then yeah. eventually people would go and associate you with a psycho. This is a classic case of, of regulatory not keeping up with technology. Hmm. So HIPAA. Classic. HIPAA has to keep up with technology. Yes. Because I don't see any world where this no. is ethical or good or moral. Yeah. Um, what else is happening? What else is happening? YouTube CEO Susan uh, uh, Wajiki, I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, she just stepped you down. You don't know her name? <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce her Me last neither. name. Me neither. What the fuck is she? <laughs> so she was, she was part of Google's founding team, employee number 16, rented her garage to Larry Page and Sergey Brin. Mm. Mm, she's done obviously a lot. I but... don't have anything to say about this because I've never heard of her. So, But whatever she did, she did an amazing job because Google... You get saved by the bill when they bought uh, YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. That was the the only way for them to keep in uh, to keep in. Uh, it's really interesting. Like, I mean, how with. some some C suite, some executives completely stayed at the po the spotlight. Look, I mean, the first team was amazing. I mean, yeah. the, um, Google was no. They they came after the the they they grew after the uh, the dot com crash. Yeah. So they were very lean for so long, and they knew what they were doing. And the the top people were amazing. One of the main people that they had, his name was uh, Matt Katz, and his job is, I, mean, I think it was employee number six, and uh, he was making sure that the people are not going to spam the results with spammy content and just extremely intelligent SEO. individual. Yeah, yeah. SEO and all. he would always come to our events and he would talk to us at the time when they would actually talk to us. Um, and it was uh, it was one of those few that came all the way to the top and uh, get paid a lot and so that's uh, that's another employee so amazing um, team. okay a uh, couple interesting points because all earnings calls are happening right now so Shopify had an earnings call um, they're killing it obviously revenue grew 21% reaching 5.6 billion dollars uh, but what's interesting about Shopify is that they've realized and it's not really that surprising but in a big way uh, customers are moving back to shopping in stores so there was a 25 percent uh, increase in offline gross merchandising volume in q4 of 2022. Hmm. so that's a big number interesting i'm surprised actually at that number that more people didn't stay online post-covid that's interesting um maybe there was still that itch to go out yeah after the lockdowns i'm not sure Perhaps. 2022 merchants also had their most successful Black Friday 
Cyber Monday selling period ever, generating $7.5 billion in sales in one weekend. Wow. Pretty good. I feel like there'll be a correction for that next year. There will be for sure. There'll be a correction. By the way, Shopify is actually focused on brick and mortar now, on point of sale solutions for merchants, brick and mortar. Interesting. They're following market trends. Okay. So they're trying to... They're trying to capture momentum in brick and mortar. I feel like there was a correction for everything. Nothing stays like this. No. I feel like it is going to go more and more digital. I buy more online. Just people probably like to go out a little bit more COVID. Two years of COVID made yeah. them want to stay a little Everyone's bit more than just. Home. Okay, but what do you have? You have the second part of 2021 when things started opening up somewhere. And then you had 2022. Correction is going to come this year. All right. Other stories. Elon forces tweets to the top of users' feeds on Twitter. So... You buy it, you own it, you do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> Basically, his tweets <laughs> were getting enough exposure. He paid, paid enough to allow himself to do whatever he wants now. So I think that's actually... Yes. He paid enough. He paid <laughs> enough for fair. it. Yes, he paid a lot for it. Yes. Um, Goldman Sachs, David Solomon, their CEO, he took a 29% pay cut. Um, and Goldman Sachs has lost a lot of money. They've lost $3 billion since 2020 in commercial banking. Hmm. Um, obviously... His salary is still did twenty-five they, did million. Did they break dollars. down the why? Why they cut? No. Wh- so, why did they lose a lot? Of no. Why, why did they? Exp- oh, a lot of reasons. Okay. A lot of reasons why. Okay. I mean, there's market trends. I think that what's interesting is when you slash, when you slash Goldman Sachs CEO salary, it's because there's a little bit of virtue signaling. So they're trying to show that they're aware of market conditions because realistically david solomon is going he's getting his salary cut by what 30 percent down down to 25 million is that going to bankrupt david solomon no well no but let's ask yourself why why is goldman sachs losing money not losing money but uh, lost growth and uh, they they say that it's slowing economy they they so most of their money i would assume come when they're actually investment bankers and yeah and money management so now what if you look at the last i would say decade yeah uh morgan stanley morgan stanley chase, also cut ceo salary chase. last year well chase they yeah. all came down and started going after investment banking but more prestigious deals at the time only goldman sachs would be the one if you wanted to go public and you're a serious company or you wanted to have an exit it had to be goldman sachs representing you unless you're nobody today you can absolutely have morgan chase uh, jp morgan chase you can have morgan stanley, uh, morgan stanley. You, you can have other players you can have boutique you can so have more Jeffries. competition in the market yeah you can have boutique yes in more competition so they're not they're not taking 80 percent of the cake they're taking less plus yeah. What do you do when, when it's, a, it's a bear market? You're going to have less exits, less. You know, they're making tons of money from going public. How many companies went public in 2022 after, after it went down? Not too many. Yeah. Right. So that's that just once they have a bull market, they're going to go back up a little bit. Uh, just another interesting data point. CEOs still made on average 399 times more than the average worker in 2021, 2022. Well, does the average worker... Manage that type of wealth and responsibility. <laughs> Just saying the stats. Yes, man. this is this is stats of. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, this is why I bring this shit do up. Do what he does and see see how much you're gonna get paid. Like, would I want to go and get an average person to do any of his job to take any part of his job? No. No, no, definitely so, not. That's yeah. a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Um, this is interesting. This is ah, whatever. It's business enough. Um, there's gonna be men's birth control, which is actually. Very interesting. So there's a birth control pill for men, okay. um, which like blocks the sperm protein somehow. 
kind of like a time released birth control for men. And the business component is I'm pretty sure they've already spun up a holding company for the pharmaceutical drug and they've actually started to uh, get the whole commercial process going already, even though it's not even in market. Mm-hmm. But it's been proven that this pill is effective in mice for up to two days. Look, sounds good to me. So I think you should use it first. Let me know what you think about this. And you let me know about any side effects and then I'll consider I'm trying it. to have kids. I don't need this. Oh, well. <laughs> you're, the, you're single. You need this more than I do, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they formed a company called uh, Sackle Pharmaceuticals to produce, market, and sale the pill. Okay. Um, uh, FTX. We're going to see a lot what? of men saying, do not do it. This is and criticized, but then women are not taking anything better. So, by the way, a lot of a, anything that screws with your hormones is not generally that healthy for you. You talk about sure. women, birth control, male, anything. Yeah. Any, if it screws with your hormones, it's like not that great yeah. for you. It's not natural. And that's it, where they get yeah. postpartum and depression. Yeah, it's like there's a lot of really negatives to like a lot of drugs, but that's yeah. a whole other conversation. Um, FTX. <laughs> So FTX wants their money back from all their political donations. I gotta love those guys. So I they mean, gave if you wanted the entertainment. They don't. They donated ninety three million dollars. Ninety three million dollars. Over a third of lawmakers in Congress have some FTX associated donations on their campaign ledgers, including Nancy Pelosi, Kevin McCarthy, both sides of the aisle. Like everybody has some FTX money. FTX wants it back. I don't know if they're going to get it back. Do they have any way to collect a donation? I I mean, they might have some dirt. Well, That's actually, the only the, way no, I the can court go can order the court can order that the money's back. But the thing that they're concerned about. What if it was about, spent? Well, OK, so that's the thing. So FTX is concerned that um, and, and FTX is obviously managed by uh, there's the CEO now that, that basically is in charge of Enron, yeah. who's in charge of FTX. And I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's the one managing all right. this. Yeah. FTX is concerned that the courts work slower than election cycles. So if election cycles oh, come around, gonna it's, it's going to be yeah. spent. And then the courts. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very interesting. See what yes. happens there. Um, and another, I guess, uh, a classic argument with that came from the digital ocean uh, uh, shareholders call as well. So DigitalOcean is a cloud computing company. Um, they grew 34% year over year in revenue, um, but they laid off 200 employees and they authorized a buyback of $500 million in stock. Uh, sorry. Yeah. So they, they spent $1.1 billion in stock buybacks and they authorized an additional 500 million. So people are upset because with the amount of stock buybacks, the amount of money required, they could have kept those 200 people employed for another 20 so years on average. And the reason why they let those 200 people go is because their free cash flow or their FCF, which is basically pure profit, uh, was only growing at 13% when their shareholders mandated that it should be growing at 20%. So this is a tough conversation because it comes down to, as a, as a business leader, you're responsible to who? Usually your shareholders, but also as an ethical dilemma, do you forgo that? I guess there is more information that's because this is a headline. It is a headline. There, there has to be a little bit more. I mean, when you do a restructuring uh, in your company, and we're not talking, we don't you know do. the performance of the people. We don't know, exactly. We don't know the perform. We don't know the restructuring. But the, when you lay off people, it can either hurt your business or help your business. Very often, it's going to be stagnant and nothing happens, right? So well, if you, And if it is, it's helping your business, right? Yeah. So it cannot be just the same. Because if you fire 
X amount of people and the revenue stays the same, that means you ended up benefiting the business. Exactly. Right? But so, in theory, if they were doing a great job, then, then it's going to hurt, hurt the business, the business right? Yeah. So, so ultimately, you have to ask yourself for business, is it helping the business or not? That's, that's what you get, you get asked. That is, if it's not helping the business, now comes the other question. Like, okay, so you took a bad, um, a bad decision for the long term or mid to long term to better the short term for your shareholders. If you're looking at the moral part, listen, I can't speak to that because I don't have all the info. If, if no, they, I, some, I mean, sometimes you need to do it for the business so you don't have to lay off a lot more people. And it just, it the is. The thing about is. making decisions like this, they're very complex decisions. And I can guarantee you that a smart person on either end of that argument can make a compelling argument as to why you should or shouldn't. Mm -hmm. So it's always, it's never black and it's most never black it's and never white, black and white actually. Yeah. No, it really yeah. never is. But that's, yeah. I mean, this is all coming out now because of all the earnings calls. So that's everything that happened in business last week. Yeah. Did you see PayPal? PayPal. What about I, PayPal? I, I don't think they had their earnings call yet, but uh, with PayPal, if you look at uh, their stack. Uh, I didn't see this. Okay. Though. So their stack fall off a cliff. If you buy uh, PayPal oh, today, it's cheaper than what it was. What Let me go and give you the exact numbers. So you don't tell me you don't provide numbers. You're a serious <laughs> podcast. What happened to PayPal? So take a look. I'm gonna. Go. Oh shit! Exactly. Oh shit! Whoa. That would be a good. That would be a good. Um, I if you if you look at PayPal and let's talk about this for a second. So right now it's roughly it's seventy four and sixty six cents, right? Seventy five bucks, right? If you look at PayPal in the last five years, right? Yeah, I see that right now. Okay, mine is not uploading, so I don't know if you can see okay, it. Yes, let me see. Here, I see it. So at the height, it was close to uh, $300 and it went down now to $75. Now, if you have been looking at PayPal, they are growing about 8% a year, a 8 to 12% a year. And right now their PE is 36.78, which is really low compared to what they were before, before that it was over 100 plus, which comes the question, why was it even so high? Because if they're growing year over year, about 10%, 12%, how many years will it actually catch up with the valuation that it was having? Now at 36, it can still go down. Mm -hmm. It can start going up just for the wrong reasons, but it makes no sense where it made all the way to 300, made it all the way to 300. Because their growth was never there to begin with. It is not the only payment processor so what what grew it to 300 that a bull market just bull market. Uh, yeah it's a, it's it's simply a casino right there's that casino element in in the stock market and then there is the rational element for everything else and that's where uh, because you ask yourself okay what stocks you want to go after now don't get me wrong i think casino element will come very very soon once people are going to look at stocks that are start to go up there's going to be a bull trap and people are going to buy stocks so it might go high and you might see this as an opportunity now and you might be right but overall as an investor long-term Warren Buffett style where you say I'm investing in the company there's a reason why I didn't invest in that because there's something to say that the fact that there's tons of competition between Stripe between everybody else right mm -hmm. I mean you have Zelle when people use Zelle a lot more than I've seen before they, they don't use PayPal as much anymore there's uh, I feel like a big killer for that is going to be uh, crypto when crypto catch catch up again and people are going to pay each other with ETH. So 
I, I just don't see the the reason that during the time that everything was online and there's so many other options, it still went up so high. And just people need to look at the PE. That's, yeah, uh, that's very smart. Any other stories this week or no? No. Okay, good. All right. Okay, that's it for today. If you enjoyed, please subscribe on YouTube. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can download and listen to it wherever you get your podcasts or on liquidityandliquor.com.